this is Joseph Carlson, and this is episode 111. That's right, 111 of Gaming with Grief, and I'm calling this episode Good Part, Bad Part. Uh, just to remind you guys, this podcast will hit my website, www.gamewithgrief.com, Monday morning at 7 a.m. Go there, leave me a comment, let me know what you think of the show, or you can write me an email at gwgpodfellows at gmail.com, or you can find me on Twitter at JustLittleJoe. And you can subscribe on Apple iTunes, give me the likes, uh, the stars, give me a review, or you can go to the Google Play Store on Android and subscribe to the podcast there uh, and let me know what you think of the show. Um, Yeah, so I'm calling this episode Good Part, Bad Part, uh, because the first part of the episode, uh, as you know, um, as time has been going on, especially the last episode, I was trying to find none, um, kind of like relaxed games to chill to. I've continued that trend uh, but what I've done uh, is talked about, um, you know, I've, I've tried to try something new, you know, because we all fall into a gaming rut. But in the beginning of this, what sparked all this was I was sent uh, in my news feed uh, through Apple News. I was sent an article uh, by Good Housekeeping, and it's called, uh, I'm just going to read from it right here. It's called... How the body remembers trauma. Uh, it was. Um, it's by Meredith Davis Landau, and uh, there's no date on when it was actually um, published. Uh, at least in this version, I got. But I want to read some excerpts from the the article. I recommend definitely. It's a good housekeeping article, which I think that's some of the reason why it hit my radar is because I was like, "Wow, good housekeeping." Okay. Um, but again, it's called How Your Body Remembers Trauma, uh, and the, the, the subline is trauma can have damaging long-term effects, even on your physical health. Arm yourself with the science behind the sensations and therapies that can kickstart healing. Again, it's by Meredith Davis, David's Landau, um, and I just want to read a few excerpts from the article. This is about the uh, maybe fourth or fifth uh, paragraph down, and it says, the influential reference on psychiatry known as the DSM-5 essentially says that the only people who are seriously injured have a near-death experience, witness a death, or experience sexual violence can have PTSD. However, many of those who study trauma know that it can result from many different situations. Any event or a series of events that leads you to view your life in terms of before and after can cause severe mental health effects, says Rachel Yehuda. PhD, a professor of psychiatry and neuroscience at the Ikin School of Medicine at Mount Sinai. Now, um, you know, this this goes on to uh, talk about that. And um, yeah, I mean, especially if you experience grief, like I talk about in this podcast so all the time, that is a before and after event where you feel that, you know, things were one way before and one way after and how you can have PTSD and think about these things all the time. I don't know if I have PTSD. It doesn't really seem like I'm having experiences of PTSD or feel that way but you know feelings still come back you still feel things um you know from different times in your life you feel that uh you know you hear something maybe a piece of music or you go to a certain place and it makes you think of a person or brings back a a feeling um so yeah um um that's kind of what it is now there's things at the end uh, that talk about how it is important um, 
that these things... Um, uh, there's another quote from Yehuda here that says, Years ago, people who faced harrowing shocks were expected to get over it. Soldiers came back from war and never talked about what they had seen. Women who delivered stillborn infants were advised to quickly have another child. Now there's a growing realization that to recover properly, you must allow both your mind and your body to process what happened and accept in some way, ways you may be changed by it forever, Yehuda says. And there's many different examples later on of how trauma affects your body. So I would definitely go through and read that. But what I want to read, and I'm going to read this whole section because they talk about ways to heal your trauma. And this is some of the article. It says, each person responds differently to treatments, but here are some uh, worth discussing with the pro. Try trauma-specific therapy. Certain therapies may loosen trapped memories and emotions. There's prolonged exposure, uh, exposure therapy, during which you re-experience the trauma as a therapist guides you in, in staying grounded. Eye movement, desensitization, and reprocessing, EMDR, I've heard of that before, in which a therapist uses an external focusing technique to help you process memories, and mindfulness-based stress reduction, MBSR, I actually haven't heard of that, a program that trains you to come back to the present moment. Uh, meditate is another one. Meditate may blunt your fight or flight response, help you think clearly, and rebuild brain connections. As a quick aside, they do talk in this article we're all kind of familiar with fight or flight, but they talk about freezing as well. And they said, uh, you know, the, the Yehuda and some other people I think they interviewed in the article said, freezing is a way for your body to kind of get through a thing. Or, you know, you'll hear people all the time say that, you know, I left my body during this or I have no recollection. They said it's almost a way for your mind to cope with what's going on um, and things like that. Um, yeah. Uh, exercise. Some experts suggest yoga or walking. Dr. Gordon prefers a technique he created in which he, you vigorously shake your whole body for five minutes, stop, and notice the stillness for the next three, then dance to music for another five. So I guess this is kind of like to shock your body. Uh, I'm not a good dancer. I don't know if I would do this, but I get the idea of wanting to like shock yourself into a different state of understanding or whatever, you know. Um, eat differently. Chemicals the body produces during a harrowing event can damage the intestines and alter gut bacteria, says Dr. Gordon. This may be why irritable bowel syndrome is a common symptom of PTSD. You want to lean on healing proteins, vegetables, and fruits. Uh, and the last one, which I've talked about numerous times in this podcast, seek support. Loneliness and isolation give trauma power. So find a support group and reach out to acquaintances who have been through something big. Uh, you know, hopefully we all have friends in our life that go through all this stuff. Or if they do go through it, you're willing to reach out. I have very good friends in my life that do that. Um, I don't have a lot of friends, but I think the friends I have are good um, I have definitely fallen short in this where, you know, my friends are going through some stuff and I didn't contact them, which I should have. Um, but, you know, uh, I think generally um, that's really all I'm going to talk about in the article. But the reason why I bring this article up is because I think lately, I mean, one, I, I want to change a pace and I want to try something different. But I think also I'm kind of um, sick of, um, you know, I'm just sick of like the kill 10 rats thing. Of go here, kill 10 rats. Go there, kill 10 rats, you know, the, the murder hobo, as I've heard it called, where you kill a bunch of stuff and then move on, kill more stuff, move on. Um, so this week I'm actually going to cover two games. Uh, these are just like my initial impressions because um, one of them, you know, I've only spent a few hours of both games, but I really have been writing stuff down, thinking about it and doing web searches on both games. Um, 
the first game, uh, I actually don't know the developer, so I didn't, I guess, do that much research, but it's a free online game you can find on Steam or probably their browser. You can even play it on mobile now. It's called Albion Online. It You can be a murder hobo in this game. You can definitely, uh, you put on, you know, leather armor and a bow and you're an archer, you equip a sword, you're a warrior, you grab a staff and you start slinging spells. That's cool. But what they have in the game, which I think is really great, is you can be a farmer, a gatherer, you can be a crafter, and that is all ways to get experience. You only get experience in the game. You don't really level up, but you get better gear. And the more stuff you do in a particular field, i.e., all I want to do is go uh, mine ore and then smelt the ore and make swords and shields. That will make you a better gatherer with ore. There's def several different trees. Um, the tree is kind of confusing on there. Uh, you know, a lot of people said, oh, it's pretty simple. But basically, I think it comes down to gaming 101. The more you do something of that thing, the better you become. And so what I've done is they had a deal um, where it's free, but if you want to get like premium membership, which is like, you know, you get bonus material and stuff like that, and uh, your XP goes a little bit faster, you yield more crops. Uh, usually it's like 24 bucks a month, which is pretty steep or 20 bucks something like that well they had a deal for 11 bucks um and the only reason i did that is because i found it in the game you can actually buy your own private island uh with uh gold which they only have two currencies in the game it seems like so far which is nice i mean i've talked about before how i'm sick of in-game currencies and the fact that everybody um you you don't have to have nine currencies i, I if any game developer is listening please pare your currencies down um but in this, you have gold, which you can purchase with real-life money. That gold can be converted to silver, which you use in the game. And there is a stock market that you can check the rolling stock market to, like, if you have a lot of silver, you can convert to gold. You can convert the gold to silver. Other games like Guild Wars 2 uh, that I can think of do stuff like that. Um, maybe? No, I'm not going to say that. I don't know the other games with that. But, I, I mean, I've seen this system before where you kind of play the market. Um, but what I did is I got one month of premium because they were running a deal, and it was $11. And I had $11 in my Steam wallet. So I got the one month. And when you do that, that gives you access. That gives you the ability to buy the private island. Because here's the deal. There's a lot of people playing this game. And it was very packed. In fact, I had to take my headphones off because everybody's got mounts. And they're riding through town on these mounts. And all you hear is hooves going over you know, uh, land. And, it, and there's so many people. It got kind of deafening. So um, I immediately converted uh it was like a bonus where if you got a month of premium they give you a thousand gold um which like i think i sold this morning i sold a hundred gold for like like two hundred and eighty thousand uh silver um i bought the island uh then when you get to the island the first place the first uh, sliver, because the island can be like upgraded and expanded, you're basically just buying more plots on the same island and they have a little graph to say, okay, you're going to unlock this you can have housing on this section, the next section uh, gives you uh, the ability to have uh, land plots, you can build um, you know, a farm or um, a pasture, raise animals uh, you can have a you know, an armory here, you can have a smelting thing, like you can basically it seems like uh, through the various plots and things, you can be somewhat, if you focus on smelting or you can farm in the game, you can fish. If you focus on that stuff, you can put all those things on your island and kind of upgrade your island. Uh, you have to dump 
building materials like stone and wood uh, onto your um, structures to upgrade them. Uh, then you can upgrade your home. You can hire laborers to work your farm, which is kind of cool. So you don't have to go back and do it all the time. Is what it seems like. I'm going to experiment with that a little bit more. Um, I don't think it's a lot of money. Uh, if you again, if you want to upgrade the structures, you give them more, and then it'll be like, oh, it'll give you this. You can also buy uh, chests in the world, and that's pretty cool because um, it's storage. So you buy bigger chests, you can dump all your stuff. One thing I think is really weird, they do have these really cool quality of life things in the game that I've noticed. Um, but one thing I think is really weird is they don't have the... Maybe Guild Wars just ruined me, Guild Wars 2, but if you have something... Like, if I have something in a storage case, and then I go to hand someone material on my island, my storage is on my island, and I go to a different part of my island and go to hand someone material to upgrade something, I don't have it in my inventory. And that kind of bugs me. It would just seem like, hey, man, we're playing a video game. Let's just make this as easy as possible. We know you got it. It's in your storage. Let's just um, give it to you and let you unlock it. So you, you got to kind of carry stuff around with you. Later, you can, um, you can uh, basically tend to animals and make a pasture, and then you can sell those animals on the market, and then people can purchase uh oxen and things like that uh to carry more stuff and like there's a whole economy with farming with anything else smelting all that stuff um so basically i'm playing the game as a chill gather um right now i'm in low level areas where other players can attack you but i think later on you have to go to pvp areas and i think you'll be attacked on site i've heard some rumblings online that there is actually a bodyguard economy so like hey uh, I got to go get this high level ore and I'm going to be attacked. You maybe find people or maybe you're part of a guild and they take you into the area and say, all right, go uh, mine your butt off and this is what we want. Uh, give us this fee. Maybe it's silver. Maybe it is gold or maybe it's the material, some of the material you're getting. And then you get to um, you get to do that to your heart's content. You, know, you get to gather whatever you want. Now, you, there's no... Um, there's no limit. You, you, you don't just have to get ore or wood. Uh, you could gather everything. Uh, but obviously, if you focus down one tree of the destiny board, as they call it, basically, if you do one thing, you'll be very good at it. If you do a little bit of everything, you'll be okay at it. Right now, I'm kind of taking a shotgun approach, and I'm just getting, I think I played the game for about six hours. So, um, you know, there's a lot of YouTube stuff early on in the game where you're looking stuff up, trying to figure stuff out. You're trying to optimize stuff seems like a lot of people have oxen because that holds more material. So then they're doing a gathering run. They have an oxen. That seems to be uh, what we do. So I'm doing that right now. I'm making a pasture so that way I can raise animals. You can raise chickens. Uh, I'm farming. The more you farm, um, you know, the more you can sell that on the market. All that kind of stuff is really cool. Uh, you can get, and then obviously the more you farm, the more is available to you. Uh, there is a merchant right next to your farm. So like all this stuff kind of pops up in your island. And it's kind of a chill thing, you know? Um, and, and I'm finding more fun doing that than going around killing mobs. I mean, there's undead creatures where I am now, and, you know, you whack them with a sword, and combat's kind of okay. I'm sure later on it may get great, but I only have a few basic attacks, and really I'm just attacking people to get them out of my way so I can go harvest something or gather something, you know, if I see any kind of, like, cotton or, uh, you know, anything. Uh, I only really kill animals for the leather. So I'm kind of using the game as an excuse to chill to um and i think yeah that's a weird reason for me to bring this up in the episode i know i read that really weird article a few minutes ago but um you know it's how do you deal with this stuff and how do you how do you be constructive like 
you know, I enjoy gaming, but again, I get kind of burned out on just punching things or shooting things or stabbing things. And you just want to have a different slice of life. Now, the only thing I'll say that I don't like about the game is it seems like the premium subscription does it by character. Uh, some things I've noticed have unlocked account wide, but if I want to get, if I want to start another character, which I don't think I'll do, to get premium on that character, I have to pay premium separately on that character, which seems incredibly expensive. Uh, the item shop is also just filled with um, vanity items, you know, like, hey, do you want this cool golden armor? Do you want this cool golden oxen or whatever? Not really. No. Um, I'm content to wear my leather hood um, and do that. And um, yeah, so basically I'm using the game to just chill to. Uh, it's usually on the weekends that I log in, hence me not having that much time in it. But it's been very chill to wake up in the morning and just Oh, I need some limestone. Let me go get some limestone. Oh, I need some birch locks. Let's go get... Oh, there's some chestnut. Let me go get some of that. You know, stuff like that. Really, really, really like that. Um, and so that's what I'm using that for. So, yeah, I mean, that's my preliminary thing of that. I will probably... I will obviously... I'll play more of it. And then I'll let you know uh, later on probably how it's going with it or whatever. Um, or, you know, if I totally recommend it. I do recommend it now. At least try it free. And it's great to play it on mobile, even though the controls on my iPad are a little iffy. I don't like virtual controls. But it seems to run just fine. Like, if it can run on my iPad, I'm sure it can run on anything. And then, you know, using the time to be like, I'm just going to go gather something. You know, I don't think I'm going to, you know, I don't think I'm going to play whatever all the way. I'm just going to go gather some material while I'm waiting. I'm not going to fight. I'm not going to get in a dungeon on my iPad, which I'm not anyway. But I could see... You know, if you're another player out there and you want to try that, you can. So the other game, actually, it's not a game, but the, the next thing I want to talk about is basically, um, I think I mentioned it a little bit. It's called Tailspire, and it is a digital uh, miniatures program. It's on Steam right now. It released in early access, I believe, in May, according to the dates that I saw. That could be um, off, though. You guys can check that. It's by a company called Bouncy Rock Entertainment, and it basically, my whole life, um, I've known people that have gotten into miniatures, um, and it just seems very expensive. I probably mentioned this before, but for anybody who's listening for the first time, miniatures are very expensive. You know, you have to buy this set, you have to buy this set, then you have to get the paint, then you have to find the time, which again, that could be something uh, that's soothing, and I've known people to do that, that have used miniatures to kind of relax, uh, chill out. That stuff's all great. Um, but it, for me, it was just so, so expensive that I couldn't... Um, I just couldn't justify the cost because I would talk to my friends and they would talk about how much they spent. I had one friend, Ben, who's actually, you know, he passed away, but um, you heard his voice a few episodes ago on the podcast. He did miniatures years ago and played Warhammer, I think 40K or at least Warhammer, and painted his miniatures. And I saw them, they looked amazing. But I kind of, you know, he was trying to clean his stuff up and get rid of some stuff and he decided to sell some of them. And I asked, you know, if you don't mind me asking, what did you spend? And he didn't really want to say, he said, it's a lot of money. The thing with Tailspire is it is uh, $25. Um, they're releasing updates. Uh, it's still in early access. Uh, the developers are really honest. Uh, they don't know if they're going to do like a subscription model where you pay them a few dollars every month and then get access to new models of trees or models of a dungeon. Maybe they'll have a theme. There'll be new minifigs because, yes, there's miniature figurines in this. Um, so you can place people on a board. There isn't any painting, but they said they're working on some software like Tailweaver, which will be a way for you to paint uh, a minifig or something like that and kind of incorporate it into the game. Um, and I just, I probably spent about 12 hours with it, 10, 12 hours. 
And let me just tell you this, for $25, just to do something that, that is chill, you get to set, you basically open a board, uh, and then you start laying terrain. You know, they have themes like ice and wooded areas and dungeons and caves. And you can set this down. You build the walls. You can change the elevation so you can make a rocky wall. Uh, you can make underground caverns. There's background ambient music. And there's uh, ambient sounds. And there's even ambient music, which all the tracks are just incredibly, like, lo-fi beats chill to study to. Um, and I sit there and I make, you know, basically miniatures. Um, and, again, it's only $25. I would like it, uh, you know, they, they, they said they're experimenting right now with, again, should we do, um, you know, content per content or should we do, you know, like a monthly subscription where you pay us five bucks a month and we add these things or should we do it as um, value packs of like, hey, it's the Arctic theme. We got, you know, 100 new tiles, four new, five new minifigs to place on the board you know, for $10, I would definitely do something like that. That way, if there's things that you don't really like, uh, you don't feel obligated to buy them, but you could really look through and dig down and look at what you want. I would prefer that. Um, another thing, which you guys know this on the podcast, I've said it several times and I've actually had sessions, it incorporates D&D 5e. Uh, there is a combat tracker on there. You can assign um, hit points to minifigs. If someone else, a player, buys the game, which there's contention in the community right now why you would need to buy the game. Um, but their thing is like, hey, we're looking into that later, but this is early access. The game is $25. If you have purchased the game and I give you permission, you have permission to move a minifig around my board. So you can be a player and I can be the DM and I can describe everything to you. Uh, they don't have video or audio chat. We did an experiment with some friends, which I'm probably going to have Martin. He was on last week. I'll probably have him on again and my wife because they've actually been doing some Tailspire tests. I've set up little mini campaigns, but we're going to do like a for real, real campaign. My wife rolled up a new character. Martin rolled up a new character. Um, my wife has Tailspire. She wanted something to chill to too, so I bought it for her. Uh, Martin is now a new DM. He's been uh, playing with his family. Um, and so, you know, as a DM, I got him some DM merch, uh, like, you know, the DM scream and stuff like that, because, you know, welcome to the DM family, Martin. Uh, but I also got him a gift certificate to buy Tailspire on Steam. So again, they don't have audio or video support, but what we're going to do is just get Steam has voice chat. We're going to use that and we're going to walk through a campaign and a real thing where there's a story that I've planned instead of tests. Um, they're going to walk through. There's going to be character progression. We're going to tie it to D&D Beyond, uh, which you can't do in the game yet, but you have to do it manually. So I'm really looking forward to that. I think we're doing that next weekend. So if there's time, we will do that, and then I'll have them report back and let me know. I think what I'll do maybe next week, I'll see if Martin's available because he goes out of town every once in a while. But anyway, I do want their impression. We've ran a test. I want to do a campaign with them. And then I want them to come back and say, you know, here's here's what I thought and really take notes, because if it works and people enjoy it, uh, the other D&D campaign I do with the other group, it's not my turn and I'm playing. I'm having a good time playing, but I want to incorporate in my group, maybe purchase it for the people who are on the fence about it. Uh, but I think it's a great thing because one of the group members uh I've played with we've done a test as well he purchased it because he really liked it we did like a little testing and he said you know this is really great in a D&D &D context because what it does is it 
kind of removes a lot of the questions that you have. You know, once someone pulls out a battle map or a miniature and places a figurine down or, you know, uh, an ogre or something, you know exactly how far away they are. You know, you set the distance. Each tile is five feet. Okay, they're this far. The table's over there. The crate's over there. I want to attack. You know, you don't have to use guesswork. Even on Tailspire, there is a measurement tool. So you can, you say, oh, this spell has a 15-foot range. Well, then click on this point and click on this point, and it'll tell you how far away it is. So you know, like, oh, my spell's not going to hit them. It's not going to get that far. Or this, when it explodes, has this much range. Let me try to situate it where I hit most of the group, but I don't hit players, you know, the other player characters or the party members. And I think it's an amazing tool. And like I said, they're still in early access. They're still testing it. Um, there's a lot of feature things like hiding features, which don't work yet. So like the whole map is kind of available to people. Uh, there is ways to hide things, but on, on my end, at least it glitched out or I didn't do enough research and I couldn't work it out. But I think it is an amazing tool for you to share D&D with. And again, there's an initiative tracker on there. You can do people's turns. You can assign stats to monsters. They don't have as many minifigs as I would like. You know, certain, like if you're an orc, you got like four choices. But you know what? For $24, I think it is a great step forward. And I, if, again, if they come out and say, hey, we have a new, we have like the orc pack and there's 12 minifigs and we have like these orc camp designs we've made, um, you know, uh, it's $5. I'd be like, heck yeah. Like, bring it on. Um, so, yeah, I'm really enjoying it again. If you've ever thought about miniatures and thought, I can't, it's too much, it's too, I don't have the time because I can't paint every one of these. Right now, Tailspire is a really cheap alternative. So, you know, I'm not sponsored by Bouncy Rock Entertainment or anything like that. But please, if you like it, go to the website. They have videos on there. They have tutorials. There's stuff on YouTube that kind of shows you, um, you know, here's how you do this. And it seems like the community uh, manager and the team are really responsive to feedback and really kind of open to anything because it's early access. And I kind of like to see that in a smaller development team. I think they're in Europe somewhere, um, and it seems like they're quite small, but I love it. So I think that's my initial impressions of both Albion Online and uh, Tailspire. So again, two lo-fi things you can chill to that don't involve killing or stabbing or shooting if you're like me and you're maybe dealing with something in your life that you wish, man, I wish I could just chill out and just focus. I don't, you know, I'm mindlessly killing these things. I don't want to, you know, I'm just sick. I'm sick of min-maxing my character and deciding what's the best type of armor for this situation. I'm just tired of it. I just want to log on, gather some wood, and build a house. Well, you can do that. And those are the two options uh, that I've seen so far. So try either, again, Albion Online for free on tablet or Steam. Again, I'm not sponsored. I just think it's a great thing to chill to. And, of course, what I just talked about, Tailspire. Check that out. It's $25. There's a Steam summer sale going on right now. And since I already own the game, I didn't look into it. But I think the summer sale is going on for another week or so. So check back and see if you maybe be able to save some money on it. It would be a great thing. Or you can purchase it as a gift for someone if you know somebody in your life is either a DM or a player and they really, really, really wanted to do it, but they're like, I just don't want to pull the trigger. It's too much. You know, uh, 25 bucks for me isn't a big deal, but I know a lot of people out there, uh, you know, any kind of money is a big, big deal. So um, check it out. And um, you know what, guys? I think, I, think that's, uh, I think that's it this week. So I think, we did, I think we did a good thing. I think we're all relaxed. Let's all relax. Uh, enjoy your Sunday. It's the 4th of July here in America. Uh, if you celebrate the 4th of July, some people don't. Um, they just like a Sunday. But enjoy your day. Relax. 
uh, be safe. Um, and I want to remind you guys that this podcast will hit my website, www.gamewithgrief.com. Monday morning at 7 a.m., go there, leave a comment, let me know what you think of the show or how you heard of the show. Or you can find me on Twitter, at JustLittleJoe. Go there, leave a comment, uh, let me know what you think. Um, or you can write me an email at gwgpodfellows at gmail.com. Uh, you know, let me know what you think of the show. If you have a question, put it there. I'll read it over the podcast. If you don't want me to read it over the podcast, I completely understand. Um, please do that. And then, uh, you know, check out that good housekeeping article. Also, um, you can um, subscribe to the podcast on Apple iTunes and the Google Play Store if you're Android. Go to both places, rate me, like me, stuff like that. But to remind you guys again, check out that good housekeeping article about how your body remembers trauma. And also check out Tailspire and check out um, Albion Online. Again, they're free. You can try the Albion Online on your tablet. No big deal. So I think with that, guys, it is the end of the show. And I hope everybody has a good week. And I will talk to you guys next week. Bye.